BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. Wow. We are on week six of the best of the show episodes where we are releasing eight of the most listened to and most highly admired episodes on the Balanced Blonde Podcast. Today we have Jessica Oli who came on last summer on the show to talk about going through her divorce with her husband, which she was so kind and open and genuine and authentic to speak with all of us about such a truly personal and intimate subject in her life. Um, This was actually the first place that she publicly announced her divorce. So that was something that I took very seriously and was really touched and really honored that Jessica felt comfortable enough to talk to me and to you guys about something so personal in her life. Jessica is one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. She's a very inspiring yogi and very, very, very wise beyond her years. She is now living in London and dating um, a fabulous man, it so seems, named Will. So you can follow her. Her life has really gone into a beautiful direction since we recorded this episode And we need to have her back on when I come back from my break and we can get some life updates from her. I stand by what I said about her the first time, which is that every single thing that comes out of her mouth is totally poetic and eloquent and wise. And she's really inspiring to talk to. This episode was one of the most listened to episodes on the show ever. I loved doing it and I know that you guys really love her. So I had to choose it for one of the best of the show episodes. She's so wonderful. As for me, I'm digital detoxing. I might be getting back on Instagram by now. I'm not sure. I've recorded all these intros really early, so I'm unsure. But um, I know that this digital detox is serving me well. It's something that my intuition called me to do. You can learn more about it by listening to my solo episode all about digital detoxing from just a few weeks back. And hopefully I'm healing during this detox from chronic Lyme and mold poisoning and extreme chronic fatigue and all sorts of other things. So 
I hope you love this episode with Jessica. Before we dive into it, I would love to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Hum Nutrition. Hum Nutrition is my favorite line of beauty supplements out there. One of the questions that I get asked the most from all of you is, what kind of supplements do I take? How do they help me? And why? Why did I choose those? And first of all, I'll tell you the why behind Hum Nutrition is that all of their stuff is premium quality, something I can trust, gluten-free, non-GMO, clinically proven, sustainably sourced. They do free shipping over $50. And basically, I've been taking their products for over two or three years. They were one of my original sponsors on the blog. So I've had the privilege of working with them for a while and their stuff has really enhanced my life. So I take the daily cleanse, which is really good for liver support and detoxification. I take the killer nails, which supports stronger nails and longer hair. I can definitely attest to that. My hair has grown so rapidly ever since I started taking these. I take their raw beauty vanilla and berry, which is like a powder and it tastes really good. And it's full of just vitamins and minerals and nutrients that help to boost metabolism. This stuff, by the way, guys, is not a quick fix. This is not something that would be relevant to like a fit tea or something, Um, not to call out any brands, but this is just actual supplements that will supplement your life and over time will bring your body back to homeostasis with the extra vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that you need to feel your best and radiate and glow from the inside out. So we have a special code as always for our Soul on Fire listeners. That code is SOUL, S-O-U-L. It will get you 20% off at checkout at humnutrition.com. And there you can talk to nutritionists that they have on hand, free consultations right there on their website. So if you're not sure what supplements will support your lifestyle the best, or you're not sure where to start, you can ask them. You can also take a super easy three-minute quiz on their website to learn the same things and they will make some recommendations that way. And it's the new year. So it's a really good time to start a new regimen and just be really on top of your routine and feel really good and make some lasting changes. Maybe you've been telling yourself for a long time you want to introduce supplements into your life and now is the time. Their supplements are also pretty affordable in terms of how high quality they are and how premium. So I recommend them for so many different reasons, so many reasons, lots of vegan stuff too, if you're vegan and non-vegan stuff too, if you're into collagen and other things like that. So head to humnutrition.com, use the code SOUL, S-O-U-L, and let's dive into this episode with Jessica Oley. I'm so glad to be chatting with you right now. I'm so happy to be chatting with you. (laughs) I know you're in Kentucky at the moment. Yes. Yes, I am in Louisville, Kentucky, which is always so strange for people like, why are you there? I'm here with Morgan, who I'm pretty sure a lot of you probably follow. (laughs) 
Yes. Yes. Morgan, the Southern Yogi who was on an episode of this podcast. I wish I knew which episode off the top of my head to say, but it was such a good one. Something like episode 30 something or 40 something. And you guys are best friends and it's such a fun friendship to to follow and feel like you're a part of from far away. I love it. I love that you're there visiting her. Yeah. I mean, I always just feel so lucky to have her in my life. I honestly literally have no idea what I would be doing with my life if she wasn't in it. So it's just like such a blessing to have a friend that is like a sister, basically. Yeah, that's so wonderful. So one of my questions on this list that I have here is actually about you and Morgan and how you guys met via social media, which I love in this world of Instagram and Instagram yogis. So I thought it would be kind of fun to have you tell the story of how you guys met and then became so close. I can't remember exactly when it was, but we both started practicing yoga in, oh my goodness, it like I think we met in 2014 and it was actually really funny how we met we'd both been following each other on Instagram and uh everyone was doing these Instagram challenges the yoga challenges and um I actually reached out to her one day and was like hey I really love your page and um I'd love to do a challenge with you and she was like Oh my gosh, I would love to. So um, we actually exchanged phone numbers at that point and then started messaging over WhatsApp to like coordinate the challenge. Um, And it just started developing into a daily conversation um, about life and just generally like being a human. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, it kind of went from there. And then we started um, traveling. So I think it was in... I can't remember exactly what date it was. 2015, I went to visit her in October. I flew uh, September, October. I flew to New York by myself, my first time in the US. And I was like, I'm coming to visit you. And she's like, okay. (laughs) So I flew to New York and then um, stayed there for a week by myself, literally just exploring the Big Apple. I'd always like heard so much about it. And then I I got on a plane. And I flew to Kentucky (laughs) and um, I spent the week with her and it was, we just did like all the yoga things, eating all the food and just like hanging out. And then it kind of just snowballed from there. So we just started planning like more trips um, around the world that we could like hang out and do yoga and just like have fun. And now we just like do that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Now you guys are together more often than not. And it's so fun. I think everybody who follows both of you, myself included, loves it when you guys are in the same place because it's so fun to see everything that you guys do together and all the fun photos and videos. And it's just so nice to have a friendship like that that started on social media. I know. And I mean, like, I don't think we quite realized how close we would get when, when like I sent that direct message, but it's just like, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about social media is its ability to connect people and really connect with them. So not just on a superficial level, I think it's so easy to connect with people on a superficial level these days, but like really taking your time to get to know someone is rare. Um, but it's so special when you get to do that on a platform like Instagram. 
Yeah, I completely agree. So a question that I usually like to lead this podcast with, because so many people always say, hi, what do you do? Or when you're on a podcast, what do you do? What's your career? And I like to lead by asking people, what do you like to do? What are some of your favorite things to do with your free time? With my free time? (laughs) Well, I do like to practice yoga. (laughs) And I mean, that's standard. Like my practice is my foundation. But aside from yoga, I do like shopping. I love eating food. Uh, I love exploring new places and familiar places. So I think traveling is something that I've always like really been drawn to, especially growing up in like seven different countries. It's just, I feel like it's almost in my blood to like run around the world. (laughs) Yeah. So you grew up in like seven different countries and then you came to the US for the first time in just a few years ago? Yes. I I never like, uh, it was, it was always so funny. I guess like my, well, we moved around because of my dad's job. And my dad's job never took us like this side of the world. So we never got to explore like Canada or the US. So I guess like once I'd saved enough money, I was like, I'm flying to New York, guys. <laughs> See you in two weeks. <laughs> so it, it's, and it, it, it definitely stole my heart. I love New York so much. Um, I love the like independence I have when I'm there and the freedom and the creativity of the city is just my favorite. I agree. New York has such a special vibe, such a alive, electric, vibrant kind of place. And it's such a fun, such a fun place to be. I love it. Yay, me too. So I, I follow you so closely. And something that I really admire about your posts and everything you share is how deeply authentic you are to how you're feeling. So whether it's an amazing day or more of a challenging, difficult day, like all of us have in our lives. You're very open and you have this amazing, courageous way about you of being so vulnerable and so just sharing your heart. So how, how is that for you to share so openly to so many people? I think something like that has always come naturally to me, just being open in a sense. I think I've always had a natural vulnerability to me. But lately, when my dad got sick, it kind of, it kind of became really, really difficult to be vulnerable because it didn't feel inspiring. It it just didn't feel inspiring and it, it felt heavy and it felt literally everything that I'd never experienced before. Um, and it almost, kind of made me question whether or not that's the kind of path that I wanted to go down and whether whether or not I wanted to remain open. It can be draining if you allow it. Um, I think energy is so, so contagious. And I think for me, I have to be really conscious of who I give my energy to. And I'm learning, especially in the last few months, I'm learning the importance of remaining open and being vulnerable and sharing your stories because the more I share, the more I realize that I'm not alone. And I get flooded with direct messages of people going through some insane things and they still have the, a piece of themselves that they can reach out to me and be like, it's going to be okay. And I think that that for me was everything. Like 
I was like, I can't close up. Like, I'm not the only one going through this. And I think that everyone goes through some really, really tough times. And I think that's part of what it means to be human. And I think if we close ourselves off to feeling what we're feeling, you just take all the beauty and rawness of what it does mean to experience humanness in itself, you know? So it definitely is a balance of holding on and letting go and sharing and not sharing and just trying to sort of zone back into myself and feel what I'm feeling. And writing has always been something that has definitely helped release my emotions. And that's something that I really struggled with uh, the last couple of months is writing because it's almost like you're naked. You're really pouring out your heart onto a page or whether it's like the notes section on your phone. And there's a certain level of like pain that comes with being vulnerable. Um, You almost feel bare. And for a while that was really scary because my whole life had been flipped upside down. (laughs) So I think like sharing my experiences on Instagram actually helps me more than I'm doing it for anyone else. Like that release of like just writing things down and yes, loads of people are reading it and interacting with it, but like I'm writing those things for myself. And if people can relate to that and they are experiencing some same things, which I know a lot of people are, and it makes them feel less alone as it makes me feel alone. I think that that's like, the most beautiful thing that can come out of something really heavy is people connecting. That's so beautiful. (laughs) So much of what you just said is so poetic, how we find so much connection, even through social media, we share ourselves and when, when we allow ourselves to get vulnerable. And it's true. I think we often do it to make ourselves feel more whole or to connect. I think for for me anyway, just connecting with people on that level, even though like I don't know them and they don't actually know me. They see what I post on Instagram. But like just that brief connection of like, I see you, I hear you, and I feel what you're going through and it's okay. You know, like that is everything. Like no matter whether you've known that person for five years or five minutes, just being told that like, it's okay to feel how you're feeling is everything. It's just that like weight gets lifted off of you. And I think especially with social media is that people post highlights. And that's something that I never, I never wanted to just do that because that's not life. (laughs) Well, it's definitely not my life. And I'm not sure I'd want it to be perfect either because I don't think I'd appreciate things as much as I do when things are lighter and I am feeling happier or whatever it may be. But I really wanted to make a conscious effort of of not just showing the good things in my life um, or the easy things or the light things because that's just not how it is. It's not real life at all. Yeah, it's really not. And I think you're such a good example of that, of just sharing what's really, truly, authentically going on in your life, for better or for worse. And I think that resonates with people so much, 
almost more so than just seeing all the positive, happy things that happen in daily life because we've all had those moments, but we have all also had the more challenging. Yeah. I mean, like just the other day, I put up a post about how I've been struggling with my anxiety and just not sort of having the energy to get out of bed some days. And I think it's really easy to look at an Instagram account that takes nice photos and think that like everything is sunshine and rainbows and it's really not. And that's okay. And that's, that is real life. And it is the ebb and flow of being human, even like, even through the heaviest of times, like there is also so much to be grateful for. And that's kind of what, that's kind of where I'm at right now with everything that I'm working through is on the days I'm feeling that anxiety or that weight on my chest is writing things down that I'm grateful for, like right now, whether it's a cup of tea or my family or my friends or the fact that I could get on my mat or do a workout or go for a walk, like no matter how big, how small it is, that's sort of what I'm trying to train my mind to gravitate towards when it's so easy to fall back into like that darkness or that sort of heaviness that keeps wanting to pull you under or pull the rug from underneath you. Absolutely. That's such a positive thing to remember that writing down gratitudes, is one of my favorite things to do too, just reminding ourselves. But it can be so hard. It can, it's the last thing you want to do when you're not feeling it. Yeah. And I mean, when I started writing those lists, it would be like one thing that I would find that I'd be grateful for. (laughs) And then I think the more you start to train yourself to try and find the light in between the darkness, you realize that there has to be a balance of both. Like you can't have one without the other. There is absolutely no way. I think the challenge is just like allowing yourself to feel whatever it is you feel and not judging yourself for feeling it either. I think sometimes I do feel intimidated posting pictures or my piece of myself because that's essentially what it is. Like I am sharing a piece of myself and I sometimes do feel a little intimidated to post um, certain things or things that I've been working through, just especially when I haven't sort of figured it out myself. And I think that we are... Uh, our own worst critics. And I think that we're always so hard on ourselves. And I think the worst thing that we can do is sit there and judge ourselves for how we're feeling, because that's not going to change anything. And I think the more that you accept how you're feeling, the more you won't care how others accept what you're feeling or what you're going through. And that's, that's something that I do struggle with, um, especially lately. But it's it's a process, you know, it's, it's that push and pull. It is. I love that. I wish that I said the word process the way that you do, because <laughs> every, everything you say just sounds so much more lovely with your accent. It's Thank a, you. It's a process. I couldn't agree more. So I know that you've been touching on that, especially lately, things have been challenging and it's been hard some days to get out of bed and You have shared that on your Instagram and that inspires so many people, including me, because I have days like that all of the time where it's just, I just don't want, I don't want to get out of bed. And 
the anxiety takes over. And if you want to touch on what has been going on in your life, as we sort of discussed before we started recording, this is your place to chat and just tell us how you're feeling. Sometimes like, oh, I feel like it just starts to like weigh on you a little bit. But I think what I keep coming back to is living your truth. And that's something that I tried to bury or fight for much longer than I should have, um, rather than acknowledging how I was feeling and allowing myself to feel what I was feeling. And I think there's one quote that has stuck with me and it's, I can't remember exactly what it, what it goes, but it's like the thing that screws us up the most in life is basically having an idea of what things should be like. So you have this idea of how your life should pan out. And when I was younger, I was like, well, I had this plan. I was going to go to university. I was going to get my degree, get married, have kids. That was what my plan consisted of. And I went to university. I started dating a really, really awesome human, um, got engaged, and we got married. And I sort of um, I sort of stuck to that plan because that's what I thought my life should look like. And I was so hell-bent on sticking to that plan, I really ignored my intuition. And my intuition is something that I always prided myself on following. But I think that's where the ego comes in. You know, you feel like you need to uphold a certain image, not for other people, maybe to an extent, yes, but more so because that's what you've like, that's what help holds you together, that plan. And when my dad got sick, he got um, diagnosed with a, um, a rare neurodegenerative disease in June um, this year. It kind of uh, broke me open and I couldn't, I, I couldn't hold back or I couldn't bury, I couldn't bury all of those things that I'd been fighting so hard to bury or try so hard to fix. It was terrifying to, to come to that realization. It was, it was something that literally still um, weighs on me a lot because I didn't think that I would be in that position. I mean, this year, my New Year's resolution was to do a handstand press. And now I just want to like get out of bed in the day. Um, and if I get out of bed, like that's an achievement, you know? rather than like all these superficial goals that I'd had in mind, all these things that I was so focused on sort of faded away. It sort of zoned me into what was important and I just couldn't fight it anymore. I didn't have the strength to ignore that voice inside of me that was literally screaming at me. And I think one of the first things that came to mind was what will people think? She's been married for less than a year. What is she doing? And I'm sat there and I have the weight of what I think people will think, what I'm thinking of myself. I'm already judging myself. And it starts to feel really, really, really heavy. And 
the world starts to feel really, really freaking small and your problems start to feel huge. And once I acknowledged how I was feeling and I stopped fighting it, it was almost like I started to feel like me again. And for the first time in such a long time, I felt like me. And I feel like I lost so much of myself along the way because I was so hell-bent on sticking to this plan. I, I, felt, I felt like me. <laughs> and I haven't spoken about it on social media. And partly because there's that fine balance between wanting to keep certain things private and maintaining that vulnerability or transparency that I've had on social media. Um, but I've made peace with the fact that I'm no longer with my husband. I don't think that I'll ever hash out the details on social media um, because it's not the, the time or the place for that kind of thing. And it's no one's business at the end of the day. Um, and that's kind of what I've been sort of going back and forth between is do I share this or do I not share this? Um, but I think I finally, I'm finally in a place where I can say that this was probably the most selfish thing that I've ever done in my life. Leaving a really good human was the self most selfish thing that I've ever done. But I had, I did that for me because you deserve to be happy. And this is like, you see these inspirational quotes and these poems on social media. And it's so easy to be like, wow, that's really pretty. But then you start to live it and you start to realize that it's not pretty. It's not always inspiring. It's really raw. It's really freaking hard. But at the end of it, like, if it's bringing you closer to you and what makes you happy, like follow it. And we talk about like stepping outside of your comfort zone and doing things that scare you. And I could, it's so hard because I was, I was comfortable, comfortable in a way that I was losing myself. And I think that that's when I started to realize that there was absolutely no way for me to grow. Um, in that environment and putting those quotes into practice and putting all those things that I read, all the books that I read on like self-help and, you know, living your truth. It's really freaking hard. It's not an easy process. It's not glamorous. It's terrifying. But I also think that there's, those are the things that you need to do and you owe it. Like I owed it to myself to listen to that voice finally. Um, and I think there are some days where that anxiety really, really hits, hits home with everything that's happening in my family. It would have been easy to stay. It would have been easy. Um, but I would, I would have lost myself in that process. And that's what I have to keep coming back to. And, and knowing that that's okay, that it's okay that I did that. And that's really hard <laughs> because some days or well, for a long time, I really struggled to look at myself in the mirror. I struggled. I struggled with the emotions that I was dealing with. I felt a lot of guilt 
and a lot of shame for a while um, leading up leading up to it. And then I did it and it was like no, nothing instantly became better, but I felt lighter. I felt like this weight that I've been carrying around or trying to fix or this thing that I'd been trying to mold to fit my plan. Once I let it sort of crumble away, it was like, it, it was, it was liberating. It was also really, really scary at the same time. But I knew, I knew the minute I did it, that that was, that was the right decision for me. And it's not, I'm not saying that it's the right decision for everyone, but that's where it comes back to like living your truth. And as long as you can know in your heart that you're making this decision or whatever decision it is, you're making it for the right reasons to you because right and wrong is such a subjective thing. Like what you think is right versus what I think is right are two completely different things. Well, that they're probably going to be two different things because we're different humans. <laughs> as long as you live your truth and you maintain that integrity to yourself, that is everything. And that's something that I feel really, really proud of that I was actually able to acknowledge how I was feeling and step away from something that was no longer bringing out the best in me even when you wanted it to. <laughs> yes. Wow. Well, you being selfish is the best thing that you could have ever done for yourself. And I think that's such a good lesson and such a good message to everyone listening that it's okay to be selfish and it's actually more than okay. I think we owe it to ourselves to be selfish and to make those decisions that are best for us because otherwise who else will? And when we continuously make those, we get ourselves to a point where we can be the best version of ourselves for everybody else in our life. Definitely. And again, like, I think that's what you have to do, not with not just with like a romantic relationship, but whether it's friends, a boyfriend, even family members, like you've got to surround yourself with people that do bring out the best in you. And it's not always going to be easy. And it's making that conscious decision whether you want to stay in that place, you want to stay in that friendship or that relationship. Or if you need to leave and you need to remove yourself from it. And that's something that only you can decide. And that's where you have the choice and the power to literally pave your path. Like one of my first tattoos that I have, it's on my back. It's, it's Arabic. And it says, our choices define us. I got that when I was 18. And I kept coming back to that tattoo or, or that quote, it really, really shook me. I was like, wait a second, I have this tattoo on my back. Like I have a choice. I have the freedom to make a choice. And that is everything. Knowing that you have the power to change your life at any point is so important because you're only stuck if you choose to be stuck. And 
that's really all all it comes down to is like you always have a choice maybe you don't have a choice of whether or not you have to do something or not but you can always choose how well you do it or sort of just coming back to that whole like living your truth you choose what you do and that was a really liberating thing for me to realize because I think sometimes, as I said, like the world can feel really small and your problems can feel really big (laughs) and things weigh really, really heavily on you. But knowing that you have the freedom to make a choice is everything. I love that. We do have the freedom to to make the choice. And I love that you have that tattooed on you and that you brought it full circle and made that choice for yourself. And what I really love, one snippet of what I really love of everything you said, because I love all of it a lot, is that you listened to your intuition and that your intuition was screaming at you with the truth of the choice. I I, I actually like intuition is a really funny thing. And um, I don't know if any of you guys follow um, Gypsy on Hannah and Pablo. They have a really beautiful account. I'll never forget one of her stories. It was, I can't remember when it was, but it was right around the time that my dad got diagnosed. Maybe, maybe actually a little bit before then. I remember her talking about the difference between fear and intuition. Fear is such a funny, it, 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 it's a very, very like interesting conversation that she was having on her story with everyone that was listening, including myself. And she spoke about how intuition is that gut instinct. It's that feeling that comes immediately before fear. So when you're making a decision, and this is, a, this is why it took me a little bit of time to sift through my emotions because I wanted to know what I was doing was because this is what my intuition was do- was telling me to do and not out of fear, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had to sit there and I had, I mean, it, it, it takes a second because fear is such a powerful thing. It's either it's living in the past or it's focusing too much on the future. And I was terrified. I was terrified for my dad. Um, I was terrified for my family. I was so terrified because everything that I thought I knew literally crumbled in front of my eyes. I wanted to make sure that the decision to leave my husband was because of my intuition and not because of the fear of everything else that was happening in my life. And... That's what I keep coming back to, um, especially when something is giving me anxiety or there's a big decision to be made. I try and really like zone back in on how I first felt before things happened or before something got too much. And then, and then I know which one it is. Sometimes like for this particular thing, it, it took me a while because it's not a decision that I just made like instantly but sifting through your emotions and understanding why why you're feeling the way you're feeling is really really important 
Um, because I think the more that you understand your emotions, the more you can work with them rather than against them. And I think it's, it's too easy to act out of fear. I think a lot of people get driven by fear. Um, and I did, uh, fear of what people would think, fear of the unknown. Fear can really, really mess with your head and it's a dangerous place to be in. So that was the real challenge for me was how did I feel before the fear set in? And once you start to realize what that feeling was, that's when it starts to scream at you. At the beginning, I think your intuition is, it's happened so quickly. People don't quite, they're not quite in tune with it. And because I'd ignored my intuition for so long, I couldn't hear it. I, I couldn't hear it at first. It was just this feeling that I had and I had to go with it. And sometimes that's, sometimes your intuition is not screaming at you. Sometimes you've muted it and you've drowned it out for so long that it's just this little squeak or little feeling or maybe it's like a pit in your stomach. And the more that you try and follow that feeling, the more you uncover what it's telling you. And that's kind of what I learned. And I think I'll probably carry that little story that Hannah was talking about on, on her Instagram forever because it really, really, it really hit home and it woke me up. It almost shook me. And since then, like when things have happened, I'm like, so am I acting out of fear or is this my intuition? Is this my gut telling me that this is a good idea or am I just terrified? And sometimes it's both, you know, uh, going back to the fact that like following your intuition is not going to be easy. And it, and it certainly wasn't easy for me. I think it's just sifting through your emotions and trying to distinguish between whether you're acting out of fear or it's your gut telling you. And if it's your gut telling you, are you terrified of what your gut's telling you? Because it's so new and it makes you feel vulnerable and it, it makes you question everything that you knew. And I think that's the hardest part is just going with the feeling that you have. And I think your intuition is everything. It's literally everything. It's before everything else sets in people's opinions, fear, anxiety, guilt, shame. It is that instinctive feeling that you have that this is where I need to go. This is where I need to be. Yes. The intuition is at the top. I completely agree. And that's so interesting to think of intuition as the feeling that comes before fear sets in or before anything else sets in. And I haven't, I haven't necessarily thought of it that way before, but I love that. And I'm going to start distinguishing between that. I think especially for those of us who suffer from anxiety and being a highly sensitive person, it's really easy to get the intuitive feelings mixed up with everything else, like the fear and what are people going to think? Or is this just me being afraid? And sometimes I think it really drowns out the intuition. And I love that. It's the thing that comes first. That's what you're saying. And you've learned how to listen to yours. So how would you say, because at first you said you had kind of disconnected from your intuition because, because you were afraid, which is very natural and very normal. How would you say over the last several months, 
that you've strengthened your relationship with your intuition? I honestly don't think that I can give advice on how to do that because I'd ignored my intuition for so long that it took my dad being diagnosed with something for it to wake me up. I don't think that it needs to get to that point, but that's what happened with me. Um, And I think part of that is because I'm stubborn. (laughs) I really wanted, I wanted that. And I think sometimes there's a huge difference between what you want and what you need. And sometimes the two just don't align. I think that the more that you start to question your feelings, the more likely you are to find your intuition and allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling. But more so, if okay, if I'm going to give like, one piece of advice about tuning back into yourself, it would just be to listen. Stop judging. Stop trying to dissect every tiny little thing, but just like listen and then question it. So say something big is happening. You have to hear it first because I think usually like, well, with me anyway, I'll, I'll rush to try fix it. I'll be like, why am I like, what is happening? Like, I need to fix this. I shouldn't be feeling like this. And I think that's my first mistake is trying to fix something before I fully understand it or before I've heard it. And it's kind of like, I hear you, I see you, and I'm going to take a second to try and understand you. That's, I think, the most important thing is just like being able to sit with that feeling allowing it to come into your space because I think the more you fight what you're feeling, the harder it becomes and the messier it becomes. So I don't believe that we can ever truly let something go until we've really let it in. And that's the balance. That's that balance that I was talking to, like with light and darkness, that push and pull, um, the ebb and flow of like being human you can't have one without the other. So in order to feel those things, you have to let it in, invite it in. And then once you've invited it in, you can let it go if you need to, or you can sit with it, do whatever you feel like you need to do with it. But it's that key of letting something in and allowing yourself to be vulnerable with yourself. Yes. I love that. I love thinking of it in that way. Like, being able to see and hear what that little part of you has to say and actually giving it the time, which is the scary part. So that's, yes. yeah, that's amazing. That's so helpful. I mean, sometimes what it says you don't want to hear. I think, yeah, a lot of the time because that, I mean, it's the reality. That's where all the realness is. So a lot of the time it's not what we're looking for. It's not what we want to hear. It doesn't line up with our plan but it's still reality. It's still there. Yeah. I I couldn't agree more with that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. I think every single thing that comes out of your mouth could be written in a book or a poem and like cemented as words to live by. So that's something to think about. I think you would write a really, really amazing autobiography. Thank you. I think that's something that I've definitely been struggling with lately is 
people saying that I'm inspiring <laughs> because sometimes the last thing I feel is inspiring, um, especially with the heaviness that I'm feeling. But yeah, it's just a, it's just a funny concept because I think we're all going through the same things. So it's just, it's just really, really awesome to be able to connect with people on a deeper level rather than just like having followers on social media. It's like actually getting to hear about other people's lives and what they're going through. It really puts things into perspective and really makes you realize that, you know, you see those quotes about how kindness is so important. You see people posting them and you're like, oh, that's cute. And that's true. I mean, th that was me, you know, uh, kind, ki throw kindness around like confetti. <laughs> and when my dad got sick, I mean, I'd always known how important it is to be kind to people because you don't know what they're going through. But when my dad got sick, it magnified that. I was like, no one would know what I'm going through if I didn't tell them. That's the same in reverse. I probably don't know half the things that people are going through because maybe they haven't spoken about it. Maybe they're fighting a battle that's internal that you can't see. And that is something that I will, I think, forever be grateful for this experience, but more so for social media, like people sharing their lives with me, is that everyone is always working through something. And someone's pain is not worse or less than yours. And everyone is entitled to struggle and to feel pain and to go through those really, really difficult periods in their life because everyone goes through it. And I think I found a certain level of comfort in knowing that it's, it's normal. <laughs> um, and it sounds strange because it sounds strange to feel comfort that other people are having a hard time. But at the same time, it's, it's about not feeling alone. And I think at the essence or at the core, I think everyone wants to connect. And I think connection is literally everything in this world. Without it, what is the point? And just knowing that there are other people that can identify with how I'm feeling is sometimes all I need to like, get through the day. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's not about knowing that other people are having a hard time. It's about just connecting on the fact that feeling that way is a universal feeling to go through yeah, challenges. Yes. Connecting over it is, that's all we want as humans. And that's the beautiful part of not only using social media, but having a career on social media. That's the other part of this whole podcast. It's called the Soul on Fire podcast for people who have set their souls on fire. And I know that doing what you do for a living, which we might have just dove right into all of the heart to heart stuff, which I love and makes me so happy. Yeah. But for everybody listening who, if they might not know what it is that you do on a daily basis, you share yoga on Instagram and yes. tell us how you built your soul on fire life. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> in a nutshell. It, you know how I was talking about having a plan 
well, this is one of the things that wasn't in my plan. (laughs) And it kind of crept up on me without me even really knowing um, what I was getting myself into. I used to be a competitive swimmer and I retired from swimming. And I had been trying to find something that stuck, something that made me feel the way swimming had for 10 years. Um, I tried everything. I tried running, I tried spinning, I tried weightlifting, I tried body pump. I tried literally everything I knew or could think of to try and find something that would stick. And during my final year at university, I was having a really tough time. I was homesick. My family were living at home in Dubai and I was in the UK studying. And my friend suggested that I try yoga. And I kind of looked and I was like, uh, no, like, no way. I've been so used to like such a high intensity um, sport for so long. I didn't really even know what yoga was. My idea of what yoga was was so warped that I didn't even want to know about it. And it was like, well, just go. And if you hate it, you never have to go again. But it's really, really good for like relaxation and calming mind. And I was literally hanging on by a thread. So it was almost a last resort. I was like, fine, I will go. I will try this. I didn't fall in love with it straight away. And I really didn't fall in love with it during a class. I actually really didn't like going to the, the yoga class. I found I found it distracting almost, uh, just having too many people around. And I just felt left feeling frustrated. So I went back to my tiny little room in, at university And I started practicing these few yoga poses that I had learned in class, Um, sun salutations, literally just like, I hardly had any space in my room. I'm not sure how I made it work, but (laughs) I just started practicing and I actually, it happened, it happened without me knowing, but every day I started to find myself craving that time. And it was, Whether it was five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes in the day that I could find to do this yoga thing, it was that time was for me. I didn't have to worry about my living situation. I didn't have to worry about what assignments were due at university when my exams were, how many days it was until I was going home. It was literally my time to zone out of the world and zone into myself. And I started to learn so much about my body, but even more so about my mind and what made it tick. I started to understand why certain things would make me angry, why I started to react in certain ways in different situations. And I started to crave that because it was like a light switch. I I was doing these like epic things with my body. I was feeling amazing. But at the same time, I was getting to know myself um, and I was starting to become my best friend. And I had never had that relationship with myself before. There was a huge disconnect, a lot of body shaming going on for a, a number of years. And yoga started to bring me closer to who I was or who I am. And it still does that for me today. And the funny thing is like, I think I put up a post the other day on social media 
on my Instagram that um, I find myself lately being drawn to my mat or my practice in the same way I was like three and a half years ago when I started yoga. Um, and it's kind of done like a full circle. Anyway, back to the question, always going off on a tangent. <laughs> I had never had social media before. I had stayed clear of social media because I was bullied on it. Um, during my last two years of school, um, it was just not a happy place uh, for me. So I, I actually removed all social media. Um, and when I went to university, I just got Facebook again. But I didn't have Instagram. I was determined that I was not going to be on Instagram. And I hardly posted on Facebook. It was just, you know, just to keep up to date with what was going on in my friends' lives. And when I started practicing yoga, I realized, well, my friend was like, I was like, so you have Instagram. Like, so like, how does it work? <laughs> and they showed, they showed me their account. I was like, so you just like post photos and like, you just post your food and like selfies and just stuff like that. She's like, yeah. Um, and I was like, well, cool. And in my head, I was like, I'm going to start one. But I didn't tell anyone about it. Cause I was so, I was so worried about what people would think. I was worried that people would judge me. So I didn't tell any of my my friends and that was a very loose term. They weren't weren't really good friends. And I started posting my practice and it kind of just went from there. I think something that hasn't changed since I started my Instagram account is me just sharing my my journey um, and my experiences and my progress and my thoughts. I kind of feel like it's been a diary um, and it's been very therapeutic in a way. And it's just been so crazy to be able to connect so many awesome humans. Like when I started my Instagram account, I started following all these people that made me want to get out of bed in the morning. Like they made me want to be a better human when the people that were physically in my life on a daily basis didn't care. And here was this app with like hundreds and thousands of people just wanting, wanting to see you do well. And that was so refreshing. That was, that inspired me. And people say like, they'll say that I'm an inspiration, but like I could list off so many different people that inspire me every day. And that's the thing that comes, I come back to with Instagram. Instagram or the people on Instagram inspire me. And the minute they stop inspiring me, I probably won't be on social media. And that's, that's kind of like the beauty of it. It's like, it's that give and take, you know? And I am um, like, I mean, I met Morgan on Instagram. I've met so many amazing people. I've met you from Instagram. Like this tiny little app has just literally brought people that have the same mindset into the same space, into the same safe space to connect and share their experiences. And people can go on and on about how social media does this and it does that and it's not good for this. But like, if you use it in the right way, it can transform people's lives. Like it transformed mine, you know? 
Um, and I'm not just talking about my job. I'm talking about my outlook on life. I'm talking about how I view myself as a human and how I interact with other people. Who I am today, it's so different from who I was a few years ago. And that's because I've surrounded myself with people on Instagram and in real life that want to see me do well and that push me to be a better human. And I don't see how that can be a bad thing, you know? Yeah, that's so true that it really goes back a lot to who we surround ourselves with and the choice to surround ourselves with people who lift us up and believe in us and want to see us do well. I think it's often so underestimated how important that is and how much that helps us thrive and continue to do what it is that we love and be our best selves. Yep. I mean, yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. It's everything. And now you travel the world and teach yoga workshops, which is so cool. And you have one coming up in New York. I happen to know because I kind of stalk you. And <laughs> I'm so excited for you because um, New York is the best. And it's such a fun, such a fun place. And I'm actually going to be co-teaching. So I haven't done any workshops um, since my dad got diagnosed. I was supposed to do various events, but I think part of me did close off a little bit and close up and I didn't have the strength to give. I didn't have any of me to give to other people. Everything I had, I was using to almost survive. <laughs> and I had a lot of... I guess, anxiety over teaching workshops again since everything happened. Because I, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I know I'm probably going to cry in my workshops this weekend in New York because like everyone is just so nice, but I didn't have the strength to like bear my soul in front of so many people and give myself to so many people um, on that level, like give my energy in, in that sense. So... I wasn't actually supposed to be teaching any workshops until November when I fly to Canada. But one of my um, best friends is in New York and um, she's teaching some workshops this weekend. A few weeks ago, she was like, how about you teach with me? And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. I'm really nervous. I, like, I don't know how I'll be. Like, I don't know if I'll still be good. And she was like, oh, silly. like let's co-teach. And I was like, oh, so you mean like we do it together? She's like, yeah. So these workshops that I'm doing in New York are actually going to be with her name. Her Instagram is Amina Taha. I think it's just such a neat way to like bounce off people's energy. And if she hadn't have pushed me to do it, I, like I'm not sure I would have been doing any workshops in New York, but I'm just really glad that she did because <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Co-teaching is always a blast and it does take the pressure off in that way because if you're feeling overwhelmed or emotional, you can always just pass it off to her. And it's nice to have that backbone of support. Yeah, literally just that support or that like human that's next. Like, I got you if you fall apart. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's going to be so special. Do you see the sun right now, like glaring into my face? <laughs> You're probably like, what's happening? Um, it's, <laughs> it's sunset here in LA and nice and bright in my apartment. So 
you're going to be in New York soon. That's going to be amazing. And a question that I ask everyone who comes on this podcast is, if you were a color, what color do you feel best represents your energy? Oh my goodness. I have no idea. <laughs> it's hard. I know. I like, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to give you an answer. <laughs> I don't, I definitely don't have a favorite color because my color, like, I think I change depending on my mood. So I think, I don't know. What would you think my color is? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you don't have to think of one, but let me see if I can think of one that I think represents you. I think you are, you might be a light pink. Because pink, I imagine to be a feminine, bubbly, warm, friendly color. But I don't see you as a hot pink or a bright pink because that's a little much. I think you're subdued in a lot of ways and very refined. And I think that I could see you as a light pink. Okay, well, I, I'll, I'll roll with that. That is a good thing. Yes, I love it. So... To round out our conversation, if you could give one tip to everybody listening who wants to live a more inspired life, what would your tip be? Just one? Well, just any final word. It doesn't have to be just one. Oh, that's so hard. I guess if you asked me this a few months ago, my answer would probably be different. And it'll probably be different in a few months if you asked me again. I think we're always. Um, changing and evolving. And I think it's really important to allow yourself to grow and expand and change and not put yourself into a box. I think that too many of us put ourselves into boxes of things that we think we should be doing or what we feel we should be doing. And I think that limits our potential and it takes away from everything that we are or could be um, or could do. And yeah, I think that just allowing your space, yourself to grow, allowing yourself the space to grow is going to bring you, I think, much closer to you. And again, like living your truth, whatever that looks like. Yes, that's beautiful. I love it. And that's going to help so many people. I think everyone listening is probably completely obsessed with you by now because your words have been so impactful. You're so authentic and so you. And even if you feel funny thinking of yourself as such an inspiration, you are because you live your heart and you share that with all of us. And it's so special and so cool. And I'm so glad to, to have you here chatting with us today. I'm so happy that we got to chat. Me <laughs> and too. I hope I get to I hope I get to squeeze you in person soon. <laughs> I hope so too. Do you have any trips to LA planned? Hopefully I'll be able to squeeze one in. <laughs> yeah, squeeze one in and maybe we'll both be in New York at the same time. You never know. I love it out It'll there. It'll be so fun. I know. Yeah. So tell everyone. Thank you so much. Oh yes, of course. Tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> It's Jessica Oli, O-L-I-E, so Oli, not Ollie. It has one L. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad you said it because I was never 100% positive. Jessica Oli. It's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, love that's it. you can find. Okay, doing guys. all the yoga. Yes, doing all the yoga with the best photos, the best videos. Mm.
Thank you so much for being here, Jessica. And we'll chat soon. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Jessica. She was an all-time favorite of mine to have on the show because of her openness, rawness, vulnerability, her sheer willingness to talk about something so hard in her life to just be honest and help others through sharing her own life and process with us. And I will be forever grateful to her for opening up to our audience and being such a special soul. She's like a little unicorn. I actually need want to figure out her human design. I could see her being like, gosh, I could see her being all sorts of things. I could see her being a reflector. So I'm going to try to find that out. But she's wonderful. Support her on Instagram, Jessica Oli. Check out where her life has taken her since we recorded this episode quite some time ago. Thank you to our sponsor, Hum Nutrition. You can use the code SOUL at checkout at Hum Nutrition to get 20% off beauty supplements. And in case you missed it, my wonderful friend Lacey Phillips is offering a special code to our listeners as well at her website, freeandnative.com, where she hosts all sorts of really, really cool workshops for manifestation, like reparenting, shadow work, really simple formulas to follow. And you can use the code blonde at freeandnative.com to dive in to those workshops. And I'm telling you about that now because I think the new year is the absolute perfect time to indulge and spend a little money on yourself, even though these are affordable, but still indulge and gift to yourself and start to manifest away. I know during my digital detox, I'll be manifesting and just doing a lot of inner work and healing and doing as much as I can to get this body back to a healthy place. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. You guys absolutely rock my world and mean so much to me. I can't wait to come back with new episodes pretty soon. We have a couple more weeks of best of the show episodes. I have some really, really special ones curated for you. And with that, have a very amazing soul on fire day. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.